You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. I'm really excited to be on with you today. Today I want to talk about having a nurse practitioner in your group practice. I know that's a question that a lot of people have, and so I want to highlight a few things that I know from having my own nurse practitioner in my group practice and give you some um, background on some of the important parts of having a nurse practitioner in your group practice. I want to start with... um, the legal aspect. I obviously am not an attorney. So when you're deciding to have a nurse practitioner, you have to make sure that you have an attorney, an employment attorney that you can talk to who can go through some of the state-specific information that you'll need to go through to be able to make sure that you're either employing or contracting a nurse practitioner the way that you need to in your state. Each state is different. And so what I'm going to be talking about is just based off of the information that I've gotten from my own attorney and what, I, what I've what i been doing with the nurse practitioner that I have. So um, having a nurse practitioner is a great um, option to have if you're a multidisciplinary practice or you want to be able to offer alternative services um, in addition to regular counseling. Um, I first brought on my nurse practitioner a couple of years ago, and it's been a great learning process for me uh, to see because when I first brought her on, I had no idea what the process was going to look like. And throughout the years, it's become um, a much less anxiety-provoking process. And so I just want to send that out there for those of you that are in the process of looking for a nurse practitioner or just hired one or contracted one. Um, It can feel a little nerve-wracking in the beginning because it's not an industry that we are in ourselves. And so um, there might be some unknowns. And so starting off... um, You have to think about first if you want to contract or employ. I know that in the future, if I ever have a nurse practitioner, I would employ them. And I'll talk a little bit about what I've learned and why I would go that route. But um, I do have someone who's contracted. And um, what I've learned is that there's a lot of extra steps that go along with having a nurse practitioner. And there's a lot of support that they need. And when they're contractors, Essentially, they need to provide that own support for themselves, whether it's um, talking to the uh, pharmacies and making sure that the prescriptions are being refilled, Um, the faxes that come in. We get a ton more faxes because every 
pharmacy is sending in their faxes for prescription updates. And so um, typically nurse practitioners or psychiatrists will want or um, ask for someone to support them in being able to do some of those administrative tasks. And if you are contracting them, that's something that they're going to really want to have for themselves and pay for themselves. Um, I said that I, in the future that I'd want to have them employed. And that's because we've learned that we can really support a full-time nurse practitioner. And if you're having them contracted, they obviously can't be full-time. And so we were limited in how much we were able to help the community in that way. Um, I know that something that was a concern for me and is a concern for a lot of people when it comes to employing or contracting is that they feel like they can't employ them because they can't really direct what they're doing because as a group practice owner, you're likely not a nurse practitioner and can't help them. And I want to dispel that because um, you don't need to know how to do medication management to be able to employ them and to be able to direct them and manage them. Um, obviously, there's going to be some level of support that you can't provide, which is in in regards to like case consultation on medication management. Um, but in many states, uh, at this the time of this recording, it's still required for nurse practitioners and in most states to have a collaborating physician. That's the case here in Illinois as of right now. Um, there are a few states that don't require it, but it's something that you can have as a suggestion or a requirement of employment is that they have their own collaborating physician that they can coordinate with and just make sure, kind of like supervision for us as licensed therapists. Um, so that's my first suggestion. In regards to the actual um, hiring process, you'll want to make sure that your employment attorney is looking at um, state law when it comes to nurse practitioners, specifically with nurse practitioners. If you're hiring a psychiatrist, it's a little different because they aren't um, going to need a collaborating physician. But if they're a nurse practitioner in your state, it might be required that they have a collaborating physician. And you'll want to make sure that your contract, if they're a contractor, or your employment um, offer letter has something that dictates that their employment or that their contract is contingent on them having a collaborating physician. Now, if you are employing them, it's likely that you're going to need to find and pay that collaborating physician to provide supervision. And so here in Illinois, I think it's like two hours per month that they need to collaborate. Um, and those two hours can be done at once so that it doesn't have to be two separate hours. Um, other states will be different. Um, and you'll want to check with your attorney on that. But you'll, if you're employing them, you're likely going to have to pay for that collaborating physician time to for them to be able to coordinate. Um, if they're contracted, then that's something that they pay for on their own. And you'll want to make sure that your uh, contract lists out that your contract is contingent and only valid if they have their own collaborating physician. And the moment their collaborating physician uh, contract with because they'll they'll want to contract with their collaborating physician, obviously, and you'll want a copy of that. And you'll want to make sure that your contract is contingent on their contract with their collaborating physician so that you're always being covered. Um, the next thing is relating to payments. Um, what I did is we did 70% um, to the uh, nurse practitioner. And obviously that might vary from state to state based on your fee schedule and what your out-of-pocket rates are or what your insurance rates are. Um, some of the main codes that um, will be needed for psychiatry are um, the 90792, which is a psychiatry intake. 
And then there's the 90832, the 90832, um, hold on, I'm messing up here. So a 90832 is a 30-minute psychiatry session, a 99213, a 99214, and a 99215 are psychiatric um, uh, sessions, 15 minutes, 25 minutes, and 40 minutes. And you'll want to add those with an add-on code of a 90833, 90836, or a 90838, which is the actual medication management piece. So the 992134 or 5 are typically connected with an add-on code of 908-3336 or 38, depending on how much time. So 30 minutes, 45 or 60 minutes. Um, One of the things that was important for me was that I had someone who would spend a lot of time with their uh, clients. And so my nurse practitioner has 90-minute evaluations and 30-minute follow-ups. There are psychiatrists and nurse practitioners that do one hour or 45-minute evaluations or intake sessions and 15-minute follow-ups because there's codes for that. Um, And for me, I really wanted clients to be able to have a good amount of time and that they're not just in and out, in and out, in and out, which is um, something that we hear a lot when it comes to the psychiatry field is feeling like clients are coming to us saying that they just were pushing them in and out of a session. And so for me, it was important that I found someone that would be, um, that their practice was about um, seeing clients for an hour at least during the intake and for at least a half hour for all follow-ups. So that's something to think about because obviously there's some variance in um, how uh, nurse practitioners and psychiatrists will practice. And again, for me, it was important that they spend a good amount of time with their clients each time. The um, next, some of the other things that I've learned um, is that aside from a need uh, for admin support, um, is how to how to market for it, and and what I found was um, because we're a larger group practice, it was not so hard. I know that was one of the most anxiety provoking pieces was what if we can't fill them up because they're not um, like counseling clients where they're seen usually weekly. A client might be seen only once a month or once a quarter, so they need a lot more clients than we need to fill the same amount of time as let's say if I'm seeing twenty. Um, If I have 20 hours in a week, I can see 20 clients a week and I might only need 25 or 30 actual clients to, um, because some will be every other week or some might be once a month, but most of mine will be weekly. Um, those same 20 hours for a nurse practitioner, they might need, uh, like 20, 40, 80 clients to really fill those 20 hours because, um, with time, most of their clients will become once a month or once a quarter clients. And so they'll they'll need a lot more to fill it up. And I remember that that was something that, um, caused stress because I wasn't quite sure if I'd be able to help them build their case. And what I found was that there is a need in our community. And, um, we had our own clients who were in need and had a hard time finding, uh, psychiatrists or someone for medication management that didn't have a three-month or six-month waiting list. And so just within our own practice, we were able to really get the ball rolling. And once we let the community know that it was another offering, we updated our website um, and added that on there. And we made sure because she was contracted that we would put on there that this person is contracted with our practice to provide medication management and that they're not a part of our staff. Um, Obviously, if they're a W-2, then, you know, you don't have to worry about that. 
Um, and so it, it took a couple of months only and we were able to fill her up. And so as something, you know, looking back on, like I said, I would probably next time around look for someone that is full-time that I can employ um, because I've learned now the ropes on what it feels like to have a nurse practitioner in in the practice and the needs of a nurse practitioner. And I can feel confident in being able to provide all the support that they would need. And so um, in the future, contracting is probably not the route that I would go um, just because I can offer the level of support that they need. One of the things that I hear a lot, though, is I can't find a nurse practitioner. And what I've learned is that um, – Nurse practitioners come from a model where when they get out of school, they're directed into the hospital setting and hospitals can pay a salary. And so it's a safe place to go because they know what to expect every single week from their paycheck because it's salaried. And so it's a risk that a lot of nurse practitioners are afraid to take in jumping into private practice where uh, income is variable and it's not quite 100% on what they'll make. Um, One of the things I learned with my own nurse practitioner, um, because it was kind of the same process, that person was in the hospital setting working full-time and now has their own private practice and contracts with us full-time, has her own practice full-time and contracts with us. She does private practice full-time and is no longer in the hospital setting. Um, we we kind of got that sense uh, in talking with her that it is something that a lot of nurse practitioners are afraid to jump into because the consistency of pay and it's great pay in the hospital setting is enough to keep them there. And so... Um, I think in the in the future, if I was to go the route of employing, I could have a much higher salary for a nurse practitioner than what a hospital can offer. And what we learned was the rates for medication management in private practice with insurance here in Illinois is is pretty good. And by the time she got to around fifteen or between fifteen and twenty clients, she was making more than her full time salary at the hospital. And so, obviously, working full time, she was you know there forty, sometimes forty five or fifty hours doing back to back med management and not having control of her schedule. She was you know moved into a setting where she had complete control of her schedule and the clients that she was seeing and her policies and procedures, and also making way more money. Um, but you know, they don't know that until they get into it. And we don't know it as therapists because um, we don't know those codes and we don't know what to look for. We don't know how, what the add-on codes are and how many sessions are expected. And so um, it's really like an unknown unless a psychiatrist or nurse practitioner jumps in and, and is able to tell, you know, friends of theirs that are nurse practitioners. And so I guess in this process, if you're starting off, my suggestion is to just be aware that it's going to take some time and that it's okay if it takes some time. And um, you can have ads out just like you do for therapists. Um, one of the things that we noticed that was uh, helpful and kind of a different thing was obviously aside from asking psychiatrists and nurse practitioners that we collaborated with already with maybe mutual clients that we have in um, asking, are they looking for extra contracted work? Um, is um, We did some cold calls. I know it sounds really uh, off, but my clinical director thought of it and did it without telling me. And it actually um, brought us in a few interviews. And although the interviews didn't go the way we wanted to, it was a great way to see that people are interested, but they're not maybe necessarily looking because they're fine where they're at 
that in the hospital setting. And so they're not seeking out employment, but when they're being reached out to, there's a sense of, wow, this I'm, I'm needed and, um, you know, people are wanting me. And it gives them this curiosity to just try out an interview. And that's really where the ball can get rolling. And so aside from trying out the normal ways of Indeed and LinkedIn and maybe putting a post on Facebook or connecting with um, current physicians or nurse practitioners in your network and letting them know, um, might be to um, do some cold calls and look at um, bios and on the website, on on, um, hospital websites. And if there's someone that seems like based off of their bio would be a good fit for your practice to just give them a call. I mean, that's what we did. And it actually um, yielded us a handful of uh, interviews and that strengthened our um, process for doing interviews and knowing what we were looking for and what we weren't. And it also got a word out in the community that that we were looking for another nurse practitioner. Um, so hopefully I gave uh, some information related to bringing on a nurse practitioner. It's um, been a great process for us, and we've learned so much about um, having someone on staff that provides medication management. We've learned what we like about it. We've learned what we would change in the future, um, and and we really got to be able to offer something in the community that we weren't being able to do before. Um, So it's been a great experience. And for anyone out there who's thinking about it, my suggestion is to start off first looking at your business plan and seeing, is it a part of the grand um, vision for your practice? Because it's really easy to um, have this shiny object syndrome thoughts with having a nurse practitioner, oh, they probably bring in more income and, oh, a lot of other people are doing it. It seems like it's like um, exciting and new. Let me just do it. Instead of going that route, really look at what your business plan is, if it um, aligns with having a nurse practitioner, and if you have the time, because it is going to take a little bit more time than what um, it does onboarding, hiring, Um, and all of that for a counselor. We know what we're looking for in therapists. We know the process. We know how to talk with them about what it'll look like to be um, practicing in your practice. But when it comes to your first nurse practitioner or your first psychiatrist, you know, you won't really know. And so you want to think about all of that before you go in and start bringing on a nurse practitioner or psychiatrist. There is some extra work on your end. There's going to be a learning curve on your end, and um, it it can be rewarding to have. But I just want to make sure that you're looking um, first at if it actually aligns with what your business plan is and what your vision is for your group practice before you just jump in and bring someone on. Um, Good luck, and I hope that you are able to find that nurse practitioner and that you can grow your practice the way you want. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.